0: Hey everybody, I'm Garrett.
1: And I'm Melissa.
0: We've been married for eight years and have two kids, Caleb and Sadie.
1: Over the last few years, we have fallen in love with the scriptures and are learning how digging into God's word has helped us grow deeper with each other and those around us.
0: We want to be real about our lives, our struggles, and our joys.
1: This is Growing Deeper. Hey guys, we're back with another podcast. And um, this week... and. For several weeks, we're going to be going over Esther, and the reason we've decided to go this route is because this is the book that we've decided on for Thursday night Bible studies that are at our house, so if you miss a Bible study, you can always catch up on our podcast, Um, and this is kind of, we will still have the spirit and mind to to talk about as well. Um, kind of like how we talked about the body with our aligned series, um, with Yak on Sunday and and Wednesdays. Um, but this is just going to be kind of another topic. So um, hope you enjoy it.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna kick off with, with like Melissa mentioned, uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick off Esther. And I, I think I I really want to kind of set the stage uh, for Esther. I think that's really important for us understanding biblical books, uh, is understanding where where this is happening in the storyline. Um, in order to glean an idea of what what's the message that we're really supposed to receive from this, and how is it really meant to be understood by those that are reading it, um, and, and I think that really that really helps us and to to keep us from taking it out of context and using it for other means. And so I think that's really important. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, with with Esther. Uh, so just to recall the story of Israel, uh, you have, uh. Abraham is sent, uh, or, you know, he's sent into the promised land. He says, hey, go and here. I'm going to make your family awesome. And through you, I'm going to bless all the nations. And then Abraham has children or has a child. Uh, and uh, Isaac has a son, Jacob. Jacob has a bunch of children. Uh, anyways, they end up in Egypt. And uh, in Egypt, uh, they start out having a great time. And they don't have a great time in the end. And they're repressed. Uh, and pushed down by pharaoh and uh, he grinds them out basically and um, it, it they cry out to god and he he rescues them they go in, they eventually make their way uh, moses delivers them into uh, they go to sinai gets the law all that stuff and then they go into the promised land well they don't fulfill and they don't follow god's law and they're eventually uh, sent off into exile uh, because of their sins and because they they were not following God's commands and um uh, and they weren't taking care of people they weren't they weren't looking out for the poor and those the the widows and the orphans those are the things that they were explicitly supposed to do and the prophets would would look back at that and say hey this is why we're sitting here in exile and they get taken off into Babylon, uh and uh, they're there for n- nearly seventy years um, and uh, while they're you know, while they're in Babylon, they have a lot of stuff that goes on of like, hey, you know, when are we going to be rescued for this? Well, uh, God sends uh, it, the way that they, the, the prophets or the the um, story, the the Bible would write about it, uh, is that God actually sends Persia, um, and Persia comes and destroys the Babylonian Empire, uh, and some of the Israelites are able to return uh, back to Judea. Um, that's really like where you first start seeing the. Uh, the word Jews, uh, because they're the ones that live in the land of Judea or from the land of Judea. Um, so they get sent back um, to uh, Israel. But you have this this small group of people that are still there in Persia in, in the land um, that are still kind of in exile. Um, and so that's kind of the setting for Esther where you're... Um, what's going on here is you have this king uh, it's king Xerxes is a well, really well-known Persian king um and the stage is just kind of is that where you have these people really this first chapter is going to be all about Persia like you're not really going to see anything else other than Persia uh, and what the, what it looks like um and so that's kind of the stage that we have is that we're we're still we're in Persia uh, and that's where this story picks up. So, Melissa, uh, you want to read that the first section, and then we can kind of go over it?
1: Yeah. All right, so I'm going to read Esther 1, uh, 1 through 9. This is what happened during the time of Xerxes, the Xerxes who ruled over 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. At that time, King Xerxes... Reigned from his royal throne in the citadel of Susa, and in the third year of his reign he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials. The military leaders of Persia and Media, the princes and the nobles of the provinces, were present. For a full 180 days he displayed the vast wealth of his kingdom and the splendor and glory of his majesty. When these days were over, the king gave a banquet lasting seven days, in the enclosed garden of the king's palace, for all the people from the least to the greatest who were in the citadel of Susa, the garden had hangings of white and blue linen, fastened with cords of white linen and purple material, to silver rings on marble marble pillars. There were cr- there were couches of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of porphyry. I don't know. How to it's say
0: alabaster. That. Does it not say alabaster? For no, you? Not it's alabaster. Religion.
1: Um, Marble, mother of pearl, and other costly stones. Wine was served in goblets of gold, each one different from the other, and the royal wine was abundant in keeping with the king's liberality. By the king's command, each guest was allowed to drink with no restrictions, for the king instructed all the wine stewards to serve each man what he wished. Queen Vashti also gave a banquet for the women in the royal palace of King Xerxes.
0: Okay, so... We kind of have this picture of um, of this Persian king um, who is just like overflowing with wealth. Um, I mean, yeah, are, there, are there any particular images that stick out to you? Well,
1: that? I mean, just so much that for a full 180 days, he can show his vast wealth. I mean, wealth, that's, you know, six months Yeah. of time of just like kind of showing off what you have i guess
0: yeah it's just like this um over-the-top uh party that's going on um and i mean there's just there's just all these images of just vast abundance and it and it says like hey you know this was done in accordance with which is uh, it's interesting to me that it says that your translation says the liberality of the king um it makes me wonder. Um so mine would say that says in accordance with the bounty of the king. So just because he has a lot. Mm. Um so that makes me wonder okay like should we be wondering i I guess are there negative aspects of the king at this point or are they positive or is it neutral? Right. Um and so I I guess we don't really know yet. Um You just have this king that just seems to be overflowing with stuff. Maybe he's a good dude. Yeah, is he Uh, just
1: so giving that he's like, drink all the wine? Yeah, (laughs) I
0: I think originally I was kind of like, oh, you know, this is, he's obviously a bad king, you know, (laughs) because we're set up with Xerxes. Um, And, but as of right now, um, everything seems to be fine. Um and what's interesting to me, it, it, and just because I've studied Genesis one and two so much, mm-hmm. um, is that all of this language is Eden language. Um, he has this festival. So like, what it says, uh, that he, he has this party for one hundred and eighty days, and when those days were completed, he gave this other festival. Uh, it says that he uh, he throws a banquet in the courtyard of the king's palace garden mm-hmm. for seven days. Um, and whenever you clean, you you talk about this garden over a period of seven days, and he's like wearing finely woven linen and all this abundance and all this, and then and then you get to this section of that they have alabaster couches of gold uh, and silver, and on the paved floor of alabaster, precious stone, mother of pearl, costly stones. So um, you're gonna see those same that same uh, like um, jewels or whatever you know precious stones those are going to be in the Garden of Eden um, that are one of the rivers it says that hey there's an abundance of gold and all of these different things and then also juxtaposed to that uh, and really as a rep- repetition of that revelation whenever it's talking about the new city this new Jerusalem that all of, all of these stones are present all of these things are present um and so it's like this over the top, over the top abundance, and it's like a repetition of Eden, and so I think at this point we're left to question: Okay, um, is this a good king? Is this is this the good king? You know that is like ruling over Eden, uh, or what what's going on with this? Like you're supposed to. I think whenever you read this, you're supposed to kind of put it side by side, uh, and start wondering what are the what are the same things and what are different from it. So, um, I guess we kind of have this picture of this king that's just overflowing, and um, the the beginning here ends with this introduction of a new character mm-hmm. uh, into the story of Queen Vashti, who's throwing a banquet for the women.
1: Yeah, and not to kind of this might put you on the spot a little, but like, why why do you think that she was seemingly having a banquet separately? I guess
0: I I, th- I think it's probably. It, I, I think it's fairly normal for men and women to be uh, in this ancient culture to be like celebrating things separately Mm -hmm. and not having, I mean, even, even in Jesus's culture, that's what like, that's part of why whenever Mary and Martha are, you know, there's this whole scene uh, where Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet and, um, and Martha's like, trying to get stuff ready and she's frustrated right Mm -hmm. i mean and most of the time that's like painted as like a oh we'll be like mary you know and martha is just uptight and really the the big i think the big thing with that is that mary has crossed over into what is a man's space, and like those two places didn't intersect with each other you didn't women didn't sit at the feet of the rabbi And so, like, that's really weird. Well, the same thing's going on here where it's, like, you have this ancient culture um, that this isn't weird for men to be celebrating having their own party. A lot of people liked it that way, Mm -hmm. and women having their own party kind of over-separate. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, So what else do you have? You notice anything else here that is interesting to you or... um, Pouring over wine, has tons of wine. Wine's of right, party, right. party things. I mean,
1: I think just again to emphasize the um, reach of Xerxes is, you know, ruling over 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. Like, just the vastness of his um, rule. Yeah. And, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think obviously very powerful. Yeah, and that's
0: part like I think that's part of why it's like juxtaposing with Eden.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and comparing the two, it's like this king is ruling over, you know, it seems like everything, Mm -hmm. you know, like all uh, he rules over all the things, and so that's what we're
1: all of the things. Yeah, all the
0: things. (laughs) Uh, like and he had and he has all the things. It's very. I mean, this sounds like Solomon.
1: Oh yeah.
0: You know, like this is like a a new Solomon Mm -hmm. picture. Um, so that's kind of what we're left with here at the, the end of verse 9. So I'm going to pick up verse 10. Um, On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, and he said to Mahaman, Bithza, Harbona, Bigtha, Abigatha, uh, Zethar, and Carcass. Uh, Seven of the eunuchs attending uh, King Xerxes to bring Queen Vashti before the king with her royal crown to show the people and the officials her beauty for she was very attractive. Pleasing to the eye, that's what that says. Uh, But Queen Vashti refused to come at the word of the king that was conveyed by the eunuchs and the king became very angry and in his anger, it burned in him. So what are your thoughts on that? (laughs)
1: I mean wow, save the best for last, I guess. Yeah. As far as um you know, it's just interesting kind of going back to the 7 days and kind of this period of showing everyone everything that he has um that he's kind of waiting until this final moment to bring out the queen and yeah. and show her off essentially.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean so like in repeating this idea of this like okay, we're set we've we've set Eden the Eden narrative side-by-side side with this one because of all the all the imagery that's called up and you're like, hey, you need to put this, this is what the biblical authors do, they say, hey, you need to put this side-by-side side with this, compare and contrast. Right. Um, and it's not to say like, hey, this is Eden, this is just saying, hey, you need to compare it, this is something that you should right. clue into. And so on the seventh day what did God do on the seventh day in Genesis chapter chapter two, or rest. at the very beginning of chapter two? He takes up his rest and he rules and reigns. And also uh, in chapter two, in that same very same chapter, you have the repetition of the Genesis story, which of which the culmination of creation uh, is woman uh, is is the the woman that's taken out from the man so she's and she's identified as the azer of man or uh it gets translated helper which is not very helpful it that it the only other character in all of the biblical story that's identified as an azer outside of woman is the lord yahweh himself um in that he he comes to the azer he's he the azer of man um and so anyways the this woman's not like in genesis 2 she's not the like subservient helper, she's the, like, she's the salvation of man. She's, like, what, has, what man has to have to continue kind of thing. Um, and so, anyways, you're, you're taking that, and now you're, you're juxtaposing it with this chapter of, like, oh, on the seventh day, his heart was merry with wine, and uh, lo and behold, what comes out is he, he says, hey, I'm going to bring the woman uh, his beautiful wife, uh, Queen Vashti, and it says that she's pleasing to the eye, which is another repetition. Uh, you go back to Genesis chapter two, Eve. uh she's looking at the fruit, uh, and she sees that it's good yeah. for eating, and it's it's pleasing to the eye, and she takes it. Um, and so there's this repetition here, and it says that Queen Vashti refuses to come, um. And the, the the orders that were given to her she refuses to come and the king becomes angry
1: I mean can you imagine how embarrassing that would be <laughs> if you're like you're super powerful you have all these people yeah. at your banquet and you're like this is gonna be my like final moment to shine and show off kind of this queen that yeah. I have you know and um, for her to just be like no mm. <laughs> Good,
0: yeah, hard pass, (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah. Like, that would be. I just can't, no, it and It's totally
0: embarrassing to him, um, you know, and it's something is like he's not used to that happening, uh, and I, you know, the question is, is like, well, you know, should she have or whatever, um, it is it, it, and we don't really know why, we don't really
1: know why, yeah. She she doesn't really give um, a
0: reason, it it doesn't doesn't really give a reason as to why she doesn't come. Um, I think you can maybe read into a little bit, see that he's really just interested in showing her off, right? Uh, kind of he's, being used, yeah. It like he, she's just another one of all the things that he has, another jewel. Yes, mm-hmm. another one of the jewels. Um, and so he becomes really angry, and it burns within him. So we're like comparing these two things, and instead of, um, instead of like man and that creation, being like what pleased God, uh, just them being there. Um, this king, who has all the things, and he has this false. Like now we're now we're looking back at it, and we're like, oh, this is a false Eden. Right. This isn't this isn't what it was supposed. Like you're you're putting them side by side, and you're like, okay, this is a false Eden, and it makes sense because right. these are Gentiles, you know. And it's mm-hmm. like for a Jewish read, you know, Jewish writer, um, you're like, <laughs> you've gotten to verse nine, and you're like, why do they have Eden? You know, like you're right. reading it, you're like, "Why do they have Eden? We're supposed to one, be the ones." In the what Promised do you mean Land. they have all the wine? Yeah, um, and uh, so that would be frustrating. But then you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah. this is a false Eden." All right, we're being we're being set up for the story now. Um, so here's how it continues. And it says, "And the king said to the wise men, uh, the one ones who know the times, uh, for it was the procedure of the king before all those who uh, all those who knew the law and rights." And those next to him were uh, Karshina, Shethar, Adamatha, Tarshish, interesting from Jonah, Tarshish, Marys, uh, uh, Marsina, Mimokan, the officials, the seven officials. Again, there's been seven eunuchs, seven officials, Mm -hmm. uh, seven officials of Persia and Media uh, who had access to the king and sat first in the kingdom. They were first in the kingdom. Um. You go ahead.
1: All right, so I'll pick up in verse 15. Yeah. According to the law, what must be done to Queen Vashti, he asked. She has not obeyed the command of King Xerxes that the eunuchs have taken to her. Then Mamukin replied, in the presence of the king and the nobles, Queen Vashti has done wrong, not only against the king, but also against all the nobles and the peoples of all the provinces of King Xerxes. For the queen's conduct will become known to all the women, and so they will despise their husbands and say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she would not come. This very day the Persian and Median women of the nobility who have heard about the queen's conduct will respond to all the king's nobles in the same way. There will be no end of disrespect and discord, therefore, if it pleases the king. Let him issue a royal decree, and let it be written in the law, of, laws of Persia and Media, which cannot be repealed, that Vashti is never again to enter the presence of King Xerxes. Also let the king give her royal position to someone else who is better than she. Then, when the king's edict is proclaimed throughout all his vast realm, all the women will respect their husbands from the least to the greatest. The king and his nobles were pleased with this advice, So the king did as Mamucan proposed. He sent dispatches to all parts of the kingdom, to each province in its own script, and to each people in their own language, proclaiming that every man should be ruler over his household using his native tongue.
0: Interesting. (laughs) Okay, so to kind of recap that, he brings a bunch of officials. He brings seven officials before him, and he's asking them, hey, what do we do about this? What do we do about Queen Vashti's uh not listening to me Mm -hmm. right and they say you need um he's they say hey if you don't let anything happen if you don't do anything about it uh then you know all the women are going to find out about it and then they're going to rise up and then they're going to they're going to like you know
1: overpower their yeah their husbands they're going to overpower their
0: husbands and then everything's going to go to chaos, right? And right. then then your kingdom's going to be destroyed, kind of thing. And he's like, "All right, well, what do I do about that?" And they say, "Well, you need to issue a decree that says that hey, uh, you know, that all the women should be subject to their husbands." Um, and this advice pleased him, and uh, and he um, does it. And he they they also tell him, hey you know, bring in somebody else that'll be better. Yeah, get her. rid of her. Yeah, basically. get rid of her and bring yeah. in somebody else. And so he, she, he silences the queen uh, and, and banishes her. Um, again, echoes. You just, like, hear these echoes going on. Like, she doesn't do something that he wants, um, and he responds by banishing her from this kingdom, basically, and saying, you can never come before my face again. Yeah. Um, and so... Again, we're just—it's not saying like these are the same stories. It's saying put them side by side, compare, contrast. Um, and so, I, I guess, what do you make? What do you make of these decisions? And like, what what does it seem like is coming out of the heart of the king and these officials?
1: Well, I mean, it's a fear of losing power. Yeah. It seems to be, um, of kind of of looking a certain way, kind of. Um, Maybe that sort of opinions of others kind of thing of just like, well, what will the people that I rule over think of me if I allow this person to just say no to me? Like I'm yeah. supposed to be pretty much, you know, the top top dog around here. And if I just allow, especially in this culture, like a woman to just refuse to, you know come to my banquet then like what does that say about me kind of thing. Yeah. Um but yeah, just mainly a threat of power, I feel like. Um it's just interesting too how this it's obviously not like a um like God's not mentioned here, yeah. you know. Um uh, it's obviously not a like well God has ordained us to yeah. to do this, you know, to yeah. pass this decree or whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, um, for me, okay, so there, there's some things going on here, too, uh, that are echoes of the Exodus, and so uh, in Exodus, I mentioned earlier that um, whenever uh, Pharaoh starts seeing them grow in, in Egypt, he gets uh, scared um, that, hey, you know, they're going to they're gonna get too powerful and they're going to overcome us. Uh, And then all of a sudden, you know, they're going to destroy us. And so like he just, yeah, he just like spins out of control out of fear that the Israelites are going to do something when there's really been no evidence of that. Um, And for this, this is kind of the same thing. Like he kind of starts with like one decision, like one thing happens uh, and he freaks out and he you know, starts going down this path of like, well, if that happened, then this is going to happen. And if that happens, then this is going to happen. And he makes this decision based off of this fear and this panicking that he's having of like, why wouldn't she listen to me? Um, And so there's echoes of of Exodus in this. So you have like the echoes of Eden, you have the Exodus, the Exodus echoes. uh, And again, we're just supposed to be kind of comparing and contrasting the two stories and trying to figure out what's going on and how is the author using them here um and so i think you know for me like i'm reading this and i'm like okay he's he's act now acting like we kind of had this king at the beginning that was like is he going to be a good king or isn't he and now he's starting to behave like pharaoh yeah right and so then we're kind of set up for the rest of the story of like well if he's kind of like pharaoh what you know how does this how does this play out right um so um what you have any other thoughts or things that come up from it um
1: i don't think so i mean i think this was just interesting as i this may be the first time where i really
0: sat and read it sat and
1: read uh, like yeah really and like kind of esther. pulled it apart like trying yeah. to tease it out a little yeah. bit because i mean we talked about the other day like i feel like the extent that i have been taught about esther is like the veggie tells yeah. <laughs> you know, a uh, video with Esther. And so I'm really excited to kind of just dig into this yeah. more.
0: It's fascinating. Esther's not here yet. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. okay, so you're one, you're one chapter in, uh, there's 10 chapters in Esther, uh, you're one chapter in and, and Esther hasn't been in- introduced yet. I think one thing, so, um, let, I guess, let me ask this. What does, does this chapter, um, give us any insights on how we're supposed to behave or act? Is this like telling us that this is what's supposed to happen? You know, I, I don't I don't think, you know, I think this is, um, yeah, I think a lot of times we'll read a chapter and we're like, okay, you know, like, what is it I'm supposed to, like, learn from it? Okay, well, the king behaves this way. I should go behave like the king. And that's right, just not what's happening.
1: Right. Well, you, I mean, it it kind of goes back to, like, we've talked about before of, how the old Testament, it's not made up of all these perfect people. Mm -hmm. It's people who have made mistakes and we're trying to learn from them. And I think in this case, it's like, okay, this person is clearly reacting to something out of, you know, a fear of losing power of Mm -hmm. losing, of, of losing an image. And, um, that that's probably not how God wants us to react. Um, and so like for me, it's, it's just kind of like reminding me to not just react out of fear of what other people might think. Yeah. Um, or, you know.
0: Yeah, because I think, I think he's definitely being portrayed in a negative light here of how he reacts to it. Right. And I, and we'll see, like, there's things that are going to work out because of his freaking out. Right. Um, yeah. But as of right now, you kind of just get this picture of the dude that has the most power in the land uh, feels powerless. For some reason, and it's by one decision Mm -hmm. uh, that somebody makes, and this person all of a sudden feels powerless, and um, so yeah, that's the that's the first chapter uh, of Esther. Um, You know, there's a a, again, you can't you can't take this like one chapter and try to make like a theological discussion out of it. It's meant to be read as a whole. Yeah, Um, and so we'll go through the rest of it and compare and contrast what we've already read uh and see if we can make sense of it but right now that's where we are and in Esther we just have this fearful king uh that has now issued this edict against all the women uh seems and... kind
1: of like a rash decision maybe <laughs> <laughs> Yeah uh he
0: he's he's issued out all this uh this edict against the women that um you know he's afraid of them rising up and getting too much power which is interesting for the rest of the story Yeah for sure so. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this discussion on on Esther. Um, I, I think this is going to be something that that will be good for us, uh, even for like for me and for for me and Melissa that we're sitting down and reading scripture together is really cool to me. So, yeah. um, with that, uh, I hope you guys have a blessed week and have enjoyed this. Thanks. Bye.